1: Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law, who is participating via (laughs) Skype. This morning, we're going to talk about lawyers doing good for society. We have some examples in America where lawyers have contributed to society to make this a better place for all of us. Good morning, Professor Gershon.
2: Good morning, Liz. It's great to participate in Drive Time and uh, happy to talk about uh, lawyers doing good things. I think a lot of times you know, there are a lot of lawyer jokes and there are a lot of people who uh, wish that we didn't have lawyers in society, but lawyers protect people's rights. They uh, make society safer, uh, and uh, I'm proud to be a lawyer.
1: Well, my dad was a lawyer, and my mother's mother, uh, we were told, was the second a woman to pass the bar in Arkansas, so lawyers have a special place in my heart, and I you know think of them as uh, public servants
2: absolutely and you know if i can uh, three three lawyers that I want to uh, just highlight for a second i know I know we 're on drive time, but uh, you know, you talked about your your mother being the second uh, woman uh, admitted in Arkansas. That's wonderful. And then, uh, Constance Slaughter Harvey uh, was the first African American woman graduate of our law school, and she was the first African American judge in Mississippi. Tell and, us some uh, more it, about her. Well, she you know an amazing person, really. I mean, think about. Uh, her path and, and how hard that was when she was in law school. Uh, and uh, she is just a force and really a great lawyer. Our, our uh, BALSA chapter, which is a chapter that uh, uh, is uh, our, for our, mainly for our African-American students, that's how it was originally started, but anyone, any student can join, uh, is named for Constance Slaughter Harvey. And, uh, you know, she is a great mentor and, and a great supporter of our students. And uh, we're really just lucky that they can have her. Uh, Talk about how she paved the way for them.
1: And, And she's a I mean, she's a contemporary. This is this is a woman who she's not a historical figure.
2: No, she's still practicing and still going strong. And, you know, and her office, she's, she still goes to work uh, every day. And her office is even, uh, you can go down and there's a museum. It's like a museum, too. She has a lot of uh, his history in, in her office. She's really just a wonderful, wonderful person. One of those lawyers that when I was dean, I was very happy I got to spend spend time more time with her at that point.
1: And you said the Black Law Students Association is named for her there at Ole Miss. right.
2: That's right. It's the Constant Slaughter Harvey uh, chapter, and uh, and she still very much uh, participates with the students and uh, is there for them, and uh, really, you know, that's that's a way that lawyers can give back. I mean, in, in my in my tradition, we talk about lador vador, which is Hebrew for from generation to generation, and you see, uh, you know, senior lawyers giving. So much back to the next generation of lawyers, and, and Constance Slaughter Harvey is one of those uh, who uh, exemplifies that giving back.
1: So, my, yeah, that was the thing um, at, at my house. My dad, it seemed like, he worked as much at night as he did during the day because at night he would serve on so many boards and he would be legal representation for a number of not for profit organizations.
2: That's right. And, you know, pro bono work and uh, time that we uh, serve that we're not paid for is something that I think a lot of people are not aware of. And that board service is is part of that um, because lawyers have a lot to offer uh, these not for profit organizations. And, And so it's important that that lawyers serve in that capacity. And one of our duties Uh, One of our duties as part of uh, members of the various bar organizations is to give back and to do public service.
1: Well, we are reminding our listeners we're not taking calls today because we want to encourage you to go to the website, mpbonline.org, where you can click on the support button to make your contribution for uh, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. So let's talk about uh, some other individuals who have uh, given back, uh, especially in Mississippi
2: well you know there's a theme because i'm really talking uh, i'm going to mention another woman because you know when you think about um pioneers who you know who Came into law practice when there were not a lot of uh, people who were similar to them. And another uh, example that I always think about is Alita Sullivan Fitch, who uh, was, uh, you know, graduated from our law school. She was one of the few women uh, at the time who were in law school. I think she at one point said there were four total in the law school when she was here. And she came in when she started. There were only two of them, and she graduated top of her class and had trouble finding work because. you you know, people wanted to have men as lawyers and not women. And she kept fighting and, and uh, has been, a again, a force. She started her own practice. She's now in practice with her daughter. Uh, she uh, ran a farm while she was practicing law. She raised children. Uh, you know, and really just a, a great uh, example of, you know, the, the spirit of someone who understands the importance of, of law and wants to be a lawyer at a time when the path was not that smooth.
1: Well, and I recently, you know, saw the movie about uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and she that was uh, sort of her situation too. She graduated from law school and nobody would hire her, so she made her mark on being a lawyer for organizations uh, that uh, and, and made her way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, um, helping smaller organizations.
2: Right, and you know, people like that who who and I, I use the term paved the way because that's really what what happened was. I mean, it took some really courageous people to to take those steps at a time when it was much harder. And I and I think our students really do appreciate. Uh, the work done by people like Constance Slaughter Harvey and Alita Sullivan's Sullivan Fitch, who they really did make their Pass easier in 2018 than certainly the past that they had back in the 1960s and 70s, and so uh, you know they they and they are you know Sullivan Solomonovich comes and talks to our students and as a mentor for them as well, and I think that's really important. Again, that generation sharing with our current generation of, of new lawyers and and students, you know what their experiences were, uh, because that will help uh, shape our, our our students and our our new lawyers.
1: It is fantastic having a role model, having someone who has gone before you, whose footsteps you could follow in, who you can look up, who you can have a mentor. But the individuals who are the ones, like you said, the pioneers, uh, that takes a a special individual to be able to overcome and to blaze a trail without having anyone uh, go before you.
2: That's right. That's right. And one one of my favorite uh, stories about Constance Slaughter Harvey that she told me was she showed me a picture of her class. Now, she's the only African. American woman in the class, her law school class, and, and Constance is not a, a tall woman by any any stretch of the imagination, and the people in the class wanted to put her on the back row, uh, you know, and she was not having it. And So you know, you can see her picture. She 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 pushed her way, uh, you know, to make sure that she was seen, and she's still being seen and heard. And it, it's a it's a great story, and it really I think encapsulates. Uh, A lot of her experience was not not necessarily a pleasant one while she was here, but she still continues to get back to this law school.
1: Fantastic. Uh, Another one that you we had mentioned uh, talking about when we were preparing for this show was uh, Marianne Connell. Tell us about her.
2: Well, and Marianne Connell has actually been a guest on this show. I mm-hmm. mean, she uh, served as the university counsel for the University of Mississippi and, uh, and has been on the uh, school board here in Oxford and still an active practicing lawyer, has an autobiography out, uh, really just an, an amazing person. Uh, she will tell a story about how when she first started practicing uh, law that her, one of her first clients came uh, and wanted to you know, talk to a lawyer. And she said, well, I'm a lawyer. And and the person looked at her and said, no, you can't be a lawyer, You, you should be at home raising children. And, and in fact, she was raising children at the time, but she also was a lawyer and uh, and, and a, a great one. And, and finally, uh, she built a relationship with that that particular client. But he did not want to have a woman be his lawyer. And she's one of the best uh, best lawyers in the state, and one of the most respected lawyers in the state. And you know, um, so uh, her book is well worth reading too. It's really a great story of her her, her life, and that story is in there about uh, about the time that uh, she a client came to her and didn't didn't want a woman handling his case
1: that that's great and it's wonderful that mississippi has such lawyers who have gone ahead and uh, you know not only done their job but then gone above and beyond to help uh, mississippi help society
2: that's right and that's what you know that's what this this Drive is about as well as, you know, how uh, how public broadcasting helps Mississippi and helps society, too, by educating people about, you know, issues, about medicine, about uh, fixing things, about law, about, uh, you know, just lives, their lives in general. And, uh, you know, there's a lot that this station does. To help people in the same way that these lawyers are helping people as well.
1: Okay, and Professor Gershon, that was the perfect segue. We're going to bring in uh, MPB's Mike Duke. So, Professor Gershon, you hang on for about uh, eight minutes while we uh, do a little fundraising here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Now we realize that not everybody has a chance to listen to our show live, so if you've missed any of this program or any of our other programs, you can listen to the show at mpbonline.org slash In Legal Terms. It's also available on the MPB Media app, as are all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill and here via Skype is Professor Richard Gershen of the University of Mississippi School of Law. We're not taking your calls today. Today, your legal calls today, because we're doing a pledge drive. Uh, the phone number to make a contribution is one eight eight eight. 372-4483 or the same place where you can get our old shows you can go to mpbonline.org or the media app uh, to make a contribution. Um Professor Gershon, um our country is mobile a lot today so we may have some listeners who aren't familiar uh with Attorney General former Attorney General uh Michael Moore. Uh Tell us a little bit about uh, what he did for Mississippi and America.
2: Well, you know, Mike Moore really uh, was the person who brought the idea that states are the ones that really should uh, take on the tobacco companies. Uh, Private citizens had tried to sue the tobacco companies. But, you know, a lot of people said, well, you know, you knew it was uh, bad for you and you kept smoking. And so any injuries you sustained, you know, are not uh, actionable. You can't really – win a claim based on that. But Mike Moore realized that this was a public health uh, menace, really, uh, and that the tobacco companies were aware of the harm they were causing it. So he brought suit on behalf of the state of Mississippi, really. And and Mike Moore did not make a lot of money uh, on tobacco litigation, even though some private lawyers did. and, And they did good work in doing so. But what that did was it really uh, held the tobacco companies accountable for the cost to states in in the public health issues that were created by smoking and and so now if you think about what's happened since tobacco litigation uh, how few places allow smoking indoors anymore you know that was it used to be I remember a kid being a kid every restaurant you went into every place every uh, public place it was full of smoke, and, and there were, you know, health issues with that secondhand smoke. So, what lawyers did by bringing about this litigation, you know, really started by Mike Moore, um, is that they uh, really changed public health in this country in a positive way. I, I was on a plane last week, you, you know, and I was at a, going to a conference, and I remember when there were smoking sections on plane and no smoking sections, and 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 you don't have that anymore because of the awareness that was brought, primarily starting with. That litigation.
1: I think uh smoking is what kept me out of the bars when I was <laughs> in college. They were always such smoky places, so uh I didn't I didn't like to frink with that. But uh this yeah, the settlement, the tobacco settlement that uh was filed against thirteen tobacco companies claiming that they should reimburse the states for cost treating those with smoking related illnesses. The sumo- settlement was worth uh, $246 two hundred and forty six uh billion to the states. Including 4.1 billion for Mississippi, uh, uh, about the same amount as this new Mega, <laughs> mega Millions uh, lottery. But uh, you know that is quite a lot of money that the the states have been used to fund anti smoking campaigns and to also pay for a lot of the public health the funds that would have gone from um, from public health to pay for smoking related illnesses.
2: That's right, and even you know, there's a there's an organization uh, called the Rat Pack, and that still uh, operates in Mississippi, where high school students go to elementary schools, and and you know, sing and dance about, uh, you know, while giving education about the the harm of smoking, and the hope is that not only will these uh, elementary school children not uh, uh, smoke, but that they'll go home to their parents and talk to them about the harm caused by smoking and secondhand smoke, and that was all still funded by that tobacco litigation. And, and Mike Moore was uh, the one who had that idea for the Rat Pack. And and then what happens is the students who participate at the high school level, the ones who uh, participate in Rat Pack, get funding towards their college education of $1,000 for each year that they participate in Rat Pack. So it's still paying back. I mean, this is years after that litigation took place in the 1990s. Uh, we are still getting benefits in the state from that tobacco litigation. That could not have happened without without the good work of lawyers.
1: Well, and another good work where I guess uh, uh, Michael Moore is trying to help uh, Mississippians with now these opioid epidemics that's going on. What do you know about that?
2: That's right. And, you know, there are a lot of states through, you know, our Attorney General Jim Hood, who has been on the show and other attorney generals have, have uh, Begun litigation and, and to, against uh, the pharmaceutical companies, who, similar to the tobacco companies, understood the potential harm for opioids and how they were being misprescribed. And you know, I don't. I, obviously, I can't. I'm not. I factually don't know that that took place. But that's that's you know the way that. Uh, that the the cases are are coming forward and and though that's a huge public health uh, issue obviously because a lot of people are addicted now to opioids and being harmed by them and even killed by them so again you know the states are the ones that bear the cost of uh taking care of people uh, who are facing this opioid crisis and so it's important that states are reimbursed by companies who are making money like the tobacco companies, like the pharmaceutical companies, for the cost to the state uh, in, in taking care of the people in the state.
1: Yes, generally the a lot of the lawyer jokes are about ambulance chasers, but class action lawsuits, when law firms are able to band together and have a number of uh People to make claims. That is one way that that things get done. Or if you have a high profile enough of a client or a, a lawyer, you know, I'm thinking about Ralph Nader and getting automakers to change the way they've made cars to make things safer. All the different ways that uh, law firms and legal actions have made. Americans
2: safer? Well, there's no question about it, Liz. I mean, I, I always kid with my students, and this is not my, my uh, original line. I actually heard a, a, a litigation attorney talk about this. Lawyers, not engineers, made cars safer because car companies weren't going to pay to put seatbelts in cars. That was a cost to them. They weren't going to pay to put airbags in cars. But it was it was the fact that uh, lawyers brought suits to uh, against companies like you know uh, automakers who were manufacturing products and people were getting hurt because of the design of those products and that design had to change and so you know things like Ralph nader actually was the one who brought uh, uh, to our attention unsafe at any speed you know that that there was a car being manufactured that really was not safe and and there were uh, gas tanks being put in the back of certain automobiles that uh, exploded upon contact and those things had to change but but the auto companies themselves, it would cost them money to make those changes. And so lawyers really then force that issue so that now cars are much safer than they used to be.
1: All right. Well, we're going to break now. And Mike Duke's going to tell us a little bit more about how our listeners can make Mississippi a better place by contributing to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. you're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Uh, joining us by Skype is Professor Richard Gershen. He's our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and we're here not taking your calls today because we want to encourage you to go to our website mpbonline.org to make a contribution to support this program and other programs on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Um, Professor Gershen, now let's talk a little bit about different organizations that are available to Mississippians uh, to, that are doing good let's let's start with the Mississippi access to justice Commission
2: well that one is a one that's near and dear to my heart there was actually I think the first access to justice Commission was started in Texas and uh, and they were a good model and the idea behind that was that while we have public defenders who help in the criminal area, a lot of people don't have access to uh, lawyers in the civil arena. And uh, and so to get together all the public service and uh, legal services providers in a state to work together, and they're typically Supreme Court justices and, uh, and uh, appellate court justices who are on the Access to Justice Commission. It's a group of people who are dedicated to making it easier for citizens to literally have access to the legal system. So, for example, uh, our pro bono initiative, which I'm also very proud of, um, that was headed by Professor Debbie Bell and and then at one time even Dean Debbie Bell, put together uh, some forms that could be used uh, for people pro se uh, so that they didn't have to have uh, help of a lawyer. Uh, and they proposed that those forms be uh, be available. Uh, so things like that, you know, there are people who are, want to help. Uh, provide at, literally access to justice to those who would not otherwise have it, and it and it's you know uh, pe- members of the Access to Justice Commission will be uh, you know representatives from North Mississippi Rural Legal Services, for example, and other uh, legal services organizations, uh, as well as the Mississippi Center for Justice. So, people who are interested in 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 that service, that's really kind of the. The best and the brightest all coming together to to help uh, uh, have access to our legal system.
1: Well, we'll have uh, their website, the Mississippi Access to Justice Commission, we'll have their website on our website, which is mpbonline.org, um, because this... Uh, uh, the Mississippi Access to Justice has a Disability Rights Mississippi, the Gulf Coast Women's Center for Nonviolence and Cut Legal Clinic, uh, a number of things at the University of Mississippi, law clinics, Mississippi College has a law clinic program, um, Southern Poverty Law Center, North Mississippi Rural Legal Services, as you mentioned, Mississippi Workers Center for Human Rights, Volunteer Lawyers Project, all of those. Are under the umbrella and have uh, information on the Mississippi Access to Justice Commission's website.
2: Right, and the idea behind it was really—I I think the original idea in Texas was—we have got all these organizations doing good. Let's let's get them together, and and you know, rather than having them maybe compete against each other, uh, let's have them work together. Uh, For a common goal and that or common goals, as you mentioned, there are lots of different goals under the umbrella of the Access to Justice Commission. So it's been a really positive uh, uh, thing in in Mississippi. I was fortunate to to be kind of an an ex officio member when I was dean here and got to see the good work that was being done and the contributions being made by all those organizations.
1: (laughs) Well, and one of the organizations is uh, the MacArthur Justice Center, who we had on in legal terms on April 10th, 2018. So if you do go to uh, MPB's website, mpbonline.org, you can re-listen to that show with the MacArthur uh, Justice Center.
2: Right. We're really proud of that organization. They are funded by... uh the Rodrick and Solange uh, MacArthur uh, Foundation, uh, and uh, we have one of the justice centers here in, in, uh, at the University of Mississippi. It's a clinic that our students participate in, and it's as you mentioned, we had Cliff Johnson, who is the faculty member in charge uh, of the Justice Clinic here, and uh, they do great work, and they, they've uh, already had an impact. They've only been here for a few years, but uh, they've had a major impact on, uh, on uh, people's lives in Mississippi because of the work they're doing.
1: That's right. Well, we have about two minutes left, Professor Gershon. Tell me your opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
2: Well, as I... Love Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I am committed to it. It's really the only station that I have in my my car that I listen to, uh, with the exception on uh, old Miss Rebel football weekends. But uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I have to be honest about that. But you know, it really is important to me. I learned so much, and I, I really enjoy, especially you know, the the public. Uh, I should say the local uh, shows, but also uh, the NPR shows that are available through MPB. Uh, when I was in carpool line in the afternoons, I'd always listen to. Uh, uh, you know, Terry Gross and her program. And, uh, you know, they're, they're just great, great information uh, that uh, is on this, this radio station. And I'm really appreciative of it.
1: Well, I, I think so, too. I think the national shows uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me was how I first discovered public radio and uh, you know it, the, the humorous shows on the weekends, the news shows in the mornings and on the afternoons. Um, and then since I came to live in Mississippi, I, I like the the Mississippi news coverage that we have and uh, shows it like this. Before I even came to work with In Legal Terms, I enjoyed listening to it, loved listening to the money shows, the pet shows. I would always listen to the pet show on the way to a church meeting uh, so i would I would you know get to drive and and hear all about pets and what to do and what not to do and how to take care of them and what snakes are. Uh, venomous and which ones are are not bad guys but uh, we're going to now have Mike Duke talk to us a little bit more about uh, supporting Mississippi public broadcasting but you've been listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio and we hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 10 a.m. for another great episode of In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio.